host, everybody, how's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys, this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, the gateway to new rock and metal music, the podcast where we're inspiring young rock and metal fans to discover new music and feeling their desire to connect and feel accepted. Welcome to the show, everybody, and Connect and Feel Accepted is the name of the game on this podcast with this band where... Oh my God, when it comes to connecting with fans and really creating that positive community feel, this absolutely hits on it in the most incredible way possible. I cannot wait to show you guys this episode, but before we go into that, I want to thank support for this podcast, which of course is Phoenix Fitness. Yep, I got my little Phoenix Fitness mug right here. Ooh, look at that. So you guys know I love going to live shows. You guys know I love going to concerts. It's what gives me the energy in life. And if there's a concert, the Mosh I'm like, <gasps> ooh, yeah, because I love going to Mosh I'm never going to miss out on one. And it means I have to stay Mosh Pit fit so I can start the show in the pit, end the show in the pit, and not take a break in between. So I end up going to the gym a lot. I mean, I'm constantly lifting, working out, and doing a lot of cardio all the time to make sure I stay in that type of condition to stay Mosh Pit fit because those are my fitness goals. And you probably have fitness goals yourselves as well. Might be getting mosh pit fit too. But in order to achieve those fitness goals properly after working on doing all that stuff, you have to prepare and recover correctly so that you can continue this on a consistent basis. And that's where Phoenix Fitness comes. And they have many different products to help you achieve those fitness goals to keep yourself prepared and recovering right so you can stay mosh pit fit. They have different types of pre-workouts, both stim and stim-free. I use their stim-free stuff because, guys... Kevin doesn't really need more energy than he needs right now. Could you imagine me on caffeine? It'd just be like, Rah! so I use their stim free stuff. They also have BCW recovery compounds to help you absorb nutrients in your muscles after your workouts. Creatine help you build muscle. Protein help you build muscle in different types like plant-based protein, collagen-based protein, and whey protein. I use their whey chocolate malt flavor because that's yum yums in my tum tums. They also have different types of multivitamins and literally anything you might need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. So our listeners get 20% off using the code CPP20 at FNXFit.com link description of the podcast. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Go and do that, if you please, to say Mosh Pit Fit. Now our feature presentation, Lucrezia, Japanese Prague Kawaii Ota Metalcore inspired band from San Francisco, California. Oh my God. You, this is one where you're going to want to listen to this one from start to finish because there is so much good stuff here for you to get into a band where you're going to feel like you're a part of a friendship and a part of a community. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. Again, you guys know I love bringing you all this different kind of music, especially from the rock and metal scene. And through my random perusings on Instagram one day, I came across something that I found to be rather interesting. I listened to the music, and at that point, it was no doubt where it's like, this band's presentation, their influences, and their style, oh yeah, this is definitely something you guys are going to want to listen to. From a Prague, Kawhi, Ota, Metalcore kind of style, all rolled into one, and their most recent single that you can find on Spotify right now, Grave of the Fireflies, I mean, go listen to it. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss out on it, along with the other music they have out there. So instead of me going through this much longer intro, let's just jump right into it. So please, please, please welcome Suki and Frankie from the band Lucrezia to the podcast. So Suki, Frankie, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Pleasure to have both of you here as it is, you know, a Saturday morning afternoon when we're recording this. So 
how has it been going for you both as of late? I mean, especially with Lucrezia, everything that's been going on in 2023 so far. How has everything just been going recently? Um, well, it's uh, busy. I mean, we get like a few days off, but um, I would say honestly, like we're usually working on something um, every day or at least have something planned. So uh, we're staying usually like busy all the time. Um, we just got done with our little mini tour. And uh, as soon as I got back, you know, I started having to wrap up like our next um, video. And so, you know, I've been finalizing like my storyboard and um, I'm gonna start working on our shot list uh, sometime, hopefully this weekend. Um, my guitarist actually does, um, he, works on films and stuff or i don't know like what he's worked on actually but i just know that he knows a lot about yeah, this like stuff <laughs> and so i'm gonna uh, use his knowledge to help wrap up the shot list and then um after that we just have to get like the rest of the props ready and then set a date for the next video so uh yeah we're just always doing something <laughs> grind 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 <laughs> I mean, it's, it makes total sense, especially, you know, always doing something grind, 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 especially at this time and this stage of your musical careers, because, uh, you know, I love talking to bands that are constantly trying to grow their size, grow their influence, grow their uh, audience and just continue to get towards that goal of, you know, I want to be doing this forever. I want to make this what, yeah. especially my passion around everything. I want this to be the most fruitful thing. So I totally love and understand the grind. And of course, you know, thinking about, you know, with your music video side of things, you know, folks on these different, what shots you want to work on, especially yeah. with all the different influences that you have, especially with everything around Japanese culture, it allows, especially from, you know, the music that I've seen from both of you, from Lucrezia, it allows that to just really flourish in so many different avenues to the point where these music videos can stand out in such a way that, especially from the heavier side of music things, not a lot of others can. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I've always um, been a big fan of music videos, actually, um, all my life. You know, I've uh, I watch TRL all the time on MTV, and I've just always enjoyed music videos. And um, then, of course, I'd see more elaborate ones. I started getting to other music around the world. Um, I listen. I watched this channel called International Channel, and they literally played music pretty much all around everywhere from India to Jap Japan to uh, the Philippines um, where, you know, Frankie is Filipino and to uh, China. And I, I listened to all of it, watch all their videos. Koreans are very elaborate with some of their mu music videos. Sometimes they're like 10 minute long videos and it's so emotional and yeah. And then they're able to grab you for the whole time, you know? Um, and I've always liked movies and soundtracks and the games and soundtracks, you know, so I've always had this fascination with visuals and music. And um, I've always just been like this person who um, I have all these visualizations connect with a lot of my thoughts. So like it was important for me to make music videos that connected with the music too. And hopefully it gave somebody like a complete experience, like how I, what I enjoy. So I just, everything I do and Frankie does, um, we just think about what, what we would like and um, we go like 100%, you know. I don't always know if the music video is gonna get pushed in your algorithm. And um, it's nice when that happens, but I'm gonna con continue to do what's in my heart and 
you know, um, I know that's some people may think that's too much. Some people may like it, but I'm just going to always stay true to what I want to do. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of work, but um, it makes me really happy to see my ideas on, you know, in the video. And oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, just it just really makes me proud to be able to do that. I think the thing that really struck a chord to me through that whole entire answer was when you were going through a lot of these different music videos and, you know, just watching them, you were seeing music videos from many different places, from many different cultures, from many different ways of thinking. I mean, you brought up India, you brought up, you know, China, you brought up Korea. And when you brought up Korea, because that was one thing that I heard you say one, you know, 10 minute long videos, very emotional and very very grand at the same time too. Yeah. And I think about where K-pop is in terms of, you know, in terms of culture, specifically American culture, where it is a much larger thing than it was in the past, even the past like yeah. five, 10 years. Never would have thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought, but Never you may, you may but you take a look at, you know, like you said movies, you take a look at the, and you take a look at the visual aspects and how a soundtrack or how music can really amplify the emotions that are going mm -hmm. into that piece. It really amplifies everything that is going around there. And when you time into a music video too, where the music is going to be the core, the of core of what's going on. Of course, yeah. that video you want it to tie in and be just as grand yeah. as that movie aspect. Because if it's not, then I mean, how many music videos have we seen, especially on the heavier side of things? I'm use metalcore for example. How yeah. many different music videos did we see of bands just playing in forests, of bands playing yeah, in yeah. abandoned like warehouses? Yeah, uh, it's funny you bring that up. Like literally last um, night, we were just going through a whole bunch of classic. Yeah, old like metalcore and like post hardcore like so and like deathcore videos and stuff from like the early two thousands. It's in like you know a room or like you said in the forest, and you know he said that like wow, look at you know very straightforward idea, and you know it still worked though. People still loved it, mm -hmm. right? But um, also there wasn't that many videos. He said like not a lot of bands did a lot of music videos back then you know it was actually you could find one or two yeah i think that it would probably just wasn't as financially viable but yeah when we yeah. were watching the videos we noticed that yeah a lot of bands uh generally kind of stick to the same general tropes or kind of like styles or aesthetics and uh it was just kind of interesting and funny because uh we can see how like lucrezia uses some of those things like when we do like our performance videos where it's uh just a straight performance like we'll do the thing like how we did grave of the fireflies we chose a room kind of similar to allow a lot of like um you know like post hardcore bands would do mm -hmm. um kind of get that feely vibe um but we tried to think of how can we correlate it to the song and how can we correlate it to like our actual uh visual that we were trying to portray and for example like grave uh zuki um when we wrote it we wrote it about um the pain you feel like when somebody you love passes away um which was kind of the generalized uh overarching feeling we kind of got from the movie grave of the fireflies like there's a lot more to it obviously it has to do with like a lot of complex things about like war and stuff but the general very basic like human emotions that you grasp from is that you know there's somebody like a brother who loved his sister and the sister dies and this person mourns to the point where they can't go on anymore and they you know they end up passing too and um we tried to like uh you know amp or uh you know express that um through um not only the singing and and like the body language but also like the colors of the room the dark colors uh the aspect of the rain which is something that's shown in the film when the girl dies and stuff like that to kind of give um, some like a slight connection there, but to also convey like the feeling that you feel like, you know, when somebody you love so very dearly, you know, passes. And um, I feel that a lot of other videos uh, like that we watched when we were watching some of the older ones, like they most definitely have those kind of vibes, but there was like more than a handful of times when Suki and I were watching it and she was like asking me, she's like, what do you think they're trying to portray right here in this like scene? Like, what do you, what do you think the vibe is? And 
Uh, there was a couple times where I was like, I can't really tell you. I think you just got a vibe to it because I, I don't even know if there was much thought. actors in it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know really what the thought or the process what was going into it, which doing. isn't bad. Most definitely, I think, like, um, or like, uh, you know, like the beginning of like, uh, you know, like the whole like metalcore music video scene and stuff like that, that they, people did a lot of really cool things, but you can see that there's a lot of like reoccurring tropes and ideas and stuff like that. And um, it's cool to see how, uh, you know, like, how far the different ideas come and like how much you know we take those ideas and try to like push them and try to like expand them out more than you know than they were before i wasn't i didn't grow up with that stuff so that is you know i learned all this stuff way later so that may explain why i don't have maybe i don't know maybe my perspective is not as limited in that sense possibly because um yeah, I got into like metalcore really late, considering he's been into it since the early 2000s. Um, I found out uh, my first progressive metal band was um, 2008, and that was between the Buried and Me. And um, yeah, just after that, I knew like that's my favorite genre was progressive metal. And I've been I could tell like I've been searching for it all my life. But you know, you could see like he already had many, many, many years of experience. You know, he'd been going to shows since he was really little, um, but he went by himself and, you know, I was at home and um, a nerd and play games and watch TV, watch music videos. Uh, So, but, you know, we have a lot in common too, like the gaming and stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. so when I was telling him my ideas, you know, he thinks they're really cool because we both like anime and games, which is very, a lot yeah, of everything very grandiose. <laughs> colors you know the visuals is very appealing you know the music is usually appealing and the stories are um, deep and emotional character development so I just wanted to mention that because maybe that's why my perspective is a little skewed that I didn't know a lot of these videos or bands until way later yeah. but I love them now <laughs> but you know I missed out a lot on my ch- my childhood one last thing I'd want to say is that I think, though, that uh, because of that, though, I think because Suki kind of has a, a bit of a different perspective, because I didn't really, I grew up listening to some Japanese music, but not as much as Suki. Suki's like a diehard J-Rock fan growing up, um, that our ideas and, you know, the things that we grew up, um, we were able to kind of like mesh them together and come up with lots of things because, you know, we were like, she likes a lot of the aesthetics, you know, that the old videos have, but I like, I, I most definitely enjoy a lot of like the really grandiose factor that a lot of like old, like Visual K um, and like J-Rock fans have. Um, because just like she said about the k-pop bands that they you know just a lot of asian music just in general with their videos they're just like really crazy with them like they're are not afraid to like yeah do the do the michael jackson like she said 10 minute long story yeah, video. i always like that <laughs> i always like that he did that too michael jackson did that yeah and yeah. uh yeah a lot of bands like like they don't really have that so finding that like middle ground i think is almost definitely something that's been really fun uh with our videos um our next video is going to be another video like that so we're really looking for that's why she's been doing so much work on on the storyboards and all that stuff because we got a we got a, a fun little story coming along so yeah, yeah. i'll say <laughs> see, gonna, like, it difficult i'll say see that does make sense though but when it comes to especially with you sugi when it comes to just your your heavy focus and heavy affini- uh, affiliation with you know j-rock and a lot of the japanese culture being so focused in on that that does bring a much different perspective Compared to Frankie, yeah. who's much more in the, you know, the metalcore side of things and knows how all those different videos work. So when it comes time to putting a video together, it's I, I even think about it this way. I think about the music videos that have come out metalcore since I really got into it because I was much later to the game in that one. I didn't really get into it until the start of like 2018, which is oh, really, cool. really cool. late. So I'm a, 
I'm on like year five of this, woohoo, and all that stuff. But a lot of things that I've seen is, and a lot of things that I remember is from those videos that are like the older videos, it's there's some that still stand out with that older mm-hmm. style, like stick stickly yeah. by attack, attack, shadow I'm Moses. By- we were just watching <laughs> yeah. all of those. Shadow yeah. Moses by Bring Me the Horizon. That one's always going to stand out. But as time has gone on, and I think about the music videos that I've watched, four different songs that have that same kind of style, especially around today. The only one I can remember is Whatever by Avoid because they just made fun of all of those tropes in the same video. The ones I remember, though, are the ones that either have that grandiose feel to it, that story-driven feel behind it, and have some sort of connectivity to the visuals that really match with what the song is going on about or really matches that whole entire story. And the three that I can think of are, one is, it kind of goes along with what you guys did with uh, Grave of the Fireflies. I think of Voices by Motionless and White, where it seemed like they were in a room and there wasn't really much going on, but the color filter that was always over the top kept changing, and it changed in a way where it followed along with the LGBTQ rainbow flag, from like red to orange to yellow, because that song's all about people that are part of the LGBTQ community that are, we're kind of necessarily afraid to speak up or come or basically, you know, come out at the same time. So that also like funneled in there. It's like, now that's really cool. I think about ice nine. I think about ice nine kills with all of their music videos. They've come out with since, you know, the original silver scream and now welcome to horrorwood. Everything is so tied into every aspect of whatever horror movie they're talking about they create that whole entire story and some, and they're all interconnected too from one, like and throughout the whole entire album. And it's absolutely incredible. Or I think yeah. about the recent music videos that falling in reverse has created, which have that cinematic yeah. feel to them when you watch them. Oh my and those are the yeah. ones that stand out the most. So with the influences from all the Japanese music, all the Japanese music videos that Suki has, and then Frankie's uh, knowledge around all the metalcore videos yeah. as well, you have the ability to create a music video that fits very well in with, you know, what, like kind of that heavier side, knowing what works in that heavier side things, but also what works in that grandiose way to create a, not just create a video, it's creating an experience that people want to go through. They don't want to just listen to the song. You want to create that video experience where when people listen to the song, they not only want to listen to the song, but they also want to see the visual aspect around their way to create because it's an event. It's not just there to be a supportive piece. That's like pretty much my, um, like that's where my intentions are coming from um, with pretty much everything in my life. Um, I just always like a lot of, you know, visual stimulation, audio stimulation. And, you know, um, some people don't need all that, but again, that's just, I can't help it. It's just what I like. And uh, I just saw that video, Rodney Reckie's video because it, it blew up on the internet, right? Like mm-hmm. people were like debating on it. Um, and I was like, wow. If I had that budget, oh my gosh, like I, I, like a lot of the videos, I kind of cut a lot out actually because I don't have the money. Yeah, we actually have a oh lot my of gosh. videos like, a lot of times. It's like Grave of the Fireflies, I actually wanted to have like my little niece come in and, you know, have her with me. We're playing and, you know, and then, you know, shows her like, yeah, you know, passing. But it's because I want to like really drive home the feeling. You know, it's hard to watch, but it, I mean, when I wrote this song, I was crying, you know, so like, that's the goal. I want people to feel that same feeling that I felt while watching that movie. And, um, you know, it's based on a true story, by the way. I want to tell everybody that whoever's listening that um, Grave of the Fireflies is based off a true story, um, it's a biography. Um, and uh, it just shows you many perspectives of people that are, are, are dragged into war, 
you know, and manipulated and stuff. But anyways, um, yeah, that that video was crazy. I wish I had that budget. Um, I actually watched some of the behind the scenes because I was so curious about it. He's got this giant green screen. He's got these. He's being pulled like this by all these, uh, you know, um, what is oh, it called? The yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was like, wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. So jealous. Like I would do anything. I'm working really hard to get to that level. You know, I just need that budget. But you know, until then, I'll I'll maximize like what I can do with what feasibly we can do. Yeah, like the resources we have available. <laughs> and um, oh, I I wanted to say this too, Frankie. He, he does have so much experience with everything. I mean, shows like he knows everything. I came into this completely green. Yeah, this is actually her first band. First band. He yeah. took me to my first show, metal show. Um, I think that was 2012. Something like that, yeah, yeah. It was a while ago. Um, I did. He knew everybody in the scene. Uh, he knows the standard. He knows. Okay, when you have this, you all go to then you know like do the crab and <laughs> like he does help me with that stuff actually, like that culture. Um, like I know metal, but like I didn't know the culture of metalcore and um, progressive metal. And so it's funny that you kind of said that because actually he really does help a lot with that. You know, he kind of helps me know the standard. Um, sometimes I'm like, is that okay? He's like, no, everybody's done that. Like, that's so normal in metaphor. I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty funny. But um, yeah, I just want to mention that. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, that is that is also kind of funny too, but it just also works within every little aspect, not only around, you know, the production of the music videos, but also being a part of the scene and just with the music you write, everything around there where both of you are, are and the rest of the band are creating the music that you're creating with all, with different influences coming from not just different sounds and influence, but different cultures as well to really yeah. create this whole overarching sound. And think about with Lucrezia, with your heavy, heavy, heavy influence within Japanese culture and how that influences the band. I've seen, I've seen, you know, especially since I've been, you know, alive on the earth and you're walking around and whatnot. I've always seen, you know, Japanese culture has, you know, at from when I was little, it kind of started creeping in a little bit more, especially yeah. once, you know, the Pokemon Ooh. craze hit. I yep. see you guys got the Yu-Gi-Oh backdrop behind there because that that hit super big <laughs> yeah. when I was like in third grade, which was awesome. But yeah. then as time has gone on, I mean, especially when, when you think about it, it, not only Japanese, but, you know, Asian culture, I have to include Korean yeah. culture as well, has blown up not only in the United States, but also in the music scene as well. We're seeing many more people that are, you know, fans of anime, many more content creators, especially even in music too, relating a lot of things to anime, making videos sometimes that have that anime, animated feel to them and bands that have a much heavier um, connection to Japanese culture, whether they're Japanese themselves or have some sort of finish to that culture, especially within metal, have had a lot of success in terms of people really latching on to them. Love yeah. Bites, Bandmade, Baby Metal, uh, Crystal yeah. Lake, Cold Rain. There's a lot going on there. So, when it comes to Lucrezia and of course with the Japanese influence that's there, I do want to know what is it about the Japanese culture and influence that really is something that you guys connect with and is something that really comes full circle as being a massive influence on Lucrezia as a whole. You can go first. I feel like I've been talking. Okay. Uh, so for me growing up, uh, I kind of gotten me and me and Suki's anime store. I mean, like, affinity for like uh otaku Our culture. anime arc is very similar yeah it's pretty similar <laughs> uh i grew up uh you know um 
and a family with like a lot of kids and stuff like that. So we'd all spend a lot of time like watching cartoons and stuff like that in the morning um, together, like on Saturdays and stuff. And I remember when I was like really, really young, um, way before, not to sound like a, like a snob, but way before uh, Dragon Ball Z came out on Toonami, they used to show it on Fox, uh, on my, my county's Fox uh, TV channel. Uh, after all the regular cartoons would end, like right before they'd have this nature show with this guy named Jack Hanna that was like, he's like an old, cool. I used to watch that too. Yeah, he's an old, cool <laughs> nature guy. But as, that aside, um, they used to have it on there and they'd have uh, the original, original English dub, which was this dub called the Pioneer dub, uh, before all the really famous voice actors from Dragon Ball Z now became the official team after, you know, they they redubbed it a couple times for, for various reasons. But uh, I, I watched this original version that only had the episodes. I don't know if you ever watched Dragon Ball Z, but they only had it up to the Namek saga and they would just rerun it like every like once they get to the end, they just started over again. And I would literally just watch it like every like every Saturday just on repeat over and over and over again. And uh, it just really got me into anime and stuff like that growing up. So as I got older, I did for a long time. I didn't know, you know, anime was called anime. I was just like, oh, I like this style of cartoons. And then I'd see more like I started getting into like uh, Escaflone. That was like one of the big animes that came here. And then like Cardcaptor Sakura. And, um, like, old stuff that my parents watched, like Voltron and, like, a G-Force and stuff like that. Speed Racer. Yeah, and Speed Racer um, and, like, Macross. Um, and so, like, my affinity for anime and stuff like that just slowly grew. And as I got older, um, you know, I met more people that were, uh, you know, into it and stuff like that. Um, and then I got into playing, like, lots of games. Uh, and, you know, like, that just kind of grew with me. And um, it was just something that I always, like, held on to. I never really, like, let go of it. Um, even when I got older um, and people... You know, people weren't as kind, you know, in my generation about like liking anime or games and stuff like that when they'd say a lot of like, you know, mean things. Uh, but, you know, I still held on to it. I, I on Saturday nights, I watched like Death Note with my uncle when I was in high school and stuff like that and Bleach. And, um, you know, I just held on to it. And uh, while music was like my main, main hobby, like I always played playing music since I was like 12. Um, I've always had this strong love for like otaku culture. And, um, you know, when... I played in various bands and stuff like that. Um, I played in like tech death bands, metalcore bands, like all kinds of different music. Um, I always just had this dream of starting uh, a band centered around this game that I love called Final Fantasy VII. Um, it's like my favorite game of all time. My mom uh, bought it for me when I was like seven uh, for Christmas. And I, I, to this day, it's still like my favorite game. I have, if you if I could turn the uh, tablet around, you'd see like a shelf just full of figures of the main character Cloud. Like I have so many. Um, but yeah, so when I, I did this, I always wanted to start this band centered around Final Fantasy VII. Um, and I had a bunch of names, like, uh, based on the names that I thought just sound like the most, like, <clears throat> like aesthetically beautiful from the game. <clears throat> and one of them was this character named Aerith, and the other one that I really liked was this character named Lucrezia. And uh, at the time, um, I I just didn't really know people that would be interested in the idea. They're like, most, you know, most metal bands or metal just in general, they have like a very specific shtick and especially during like the late 2000s it was like very like everything was really brutal you know what i mean mm -hmm. um all the bands were like super brutal um singing wasn't really a big part of like metalcore back then like it was like the least singing amount as possible was best if none at all you know sometimes um so like the ideas that i had didn't really like stick with a lot of people like i'd pitch it and be like yeah i want to start this band like like a progressive metalcore band uh it's like centered around this game called final fantasy 7 everyone's like yeah i don't know i don't know and uh, when me and Suki um, met, we uh, went to a concert um, that she brought up and we met uh, a band, you know, called Vail Amaya, uh, specifically this guy named Mark Okubo. And uh, he became like a like a, a, a pretty decent friend of ours at the time and, um, you know, would invite us to like various concerts that they'd have and like give us backstage passes. And the very first time after we had met him at a show and he was like, oh, if you guys want to come hang out, I'll give you like a backstage pass. 
um we went there and uh me and suki got the full like uh like i've been to a lot of shows like but i've never been like backstage at the new jazz concert it was like for like mayhem or something like that oh, like yeah, really... it was like mayhem or something. yeah it was like mayhem festival like warp tour it was like a really really big festival like okay. everybody's got van like yeah everybody had tour buses, buses and shit and uh there's a like, big like you know there's dirt everywhere <laughs> yeah it was it was crazy so we uh we go in their bus and like we hang out with them and a lot of the guys um you know like mark himself he likes anime and stuff like that that's why we became friends uh was because he liked anime and games and stuff and well, i heard uh, the i heard also that show yeah he had a death note he had a, a sound clip, clip from death note and i was like what Oh, is that like is that yeah is that death note and i went up to the singer he's like oh you're talking to the wrong guy that's mark mark does everything and i'm like oh and then i was like hey you really like your clip and he's like oh you you recognized it <laughs> i think it was like like yeah. again 2012 yeah this is, bo- this is before everyone got and, really hardcore um, anime <laughs> so who's surprised I was like, yeah that's hell awesome like i love you know games and anime and you know i love your band yeah i've been listening to their band since you know oh eight like i said i found mm-hmm. between the bear and me bella maya and then born of osiris Oh. and after the burial like those are like my re- like really first bands and so i was hell excited to meet him and then i heard that and i was like just i mean i, I probably got chills like i was just like i i want to do this <laughs> yeah so we uh he invited us to the concert there was no singing in Bellamy at the time though remember that okay he had brandon butler. oh yeah <laughs> brandon butler was in the band there was absolutely no singing whatsoever I remember the moment like they had to change vocalist. So I just want to say this. And he's like, wait, well, they want us to do like sing now. And I was like, oh wow, okay. And um, like I heard some of the auditions or whatever. And I was like, dang, that guy, who's this? He said, Oh, his name's Lucas Magar. I said, Oh, he's really good. He's like, think so? I was like, Yeah, he's really good. He was doing runs and stuff, like he brought a little bit of R and B into it. And I say, I'm, I'm just going to say, I think he's the best one. And then they, you know, of course, they probably thought the same thing because it was obvious. And then <laughs> end up going with him. And then singing began in Vela Maya. Okay. <laughs> so I only had like very little bands to be inspired by. It was like he said, there wasn't a lot of singing, screaming. And then on top of that, what girls sang and screamed? I was like, I had nobody to, you know, give me courage to do that, but separate dance, Gavin Dance. <laughs> but so uh back to what i was saying oh sorry uh, it's okay you got on a tangent no it's just like a I lot of it. exciting things that actually had to do with that so i didn't yeah. want to bring it up later i feel it so um so yeah we went to this concert or whatever um we we got like the full band like experience and um you know she was like wow this is really cool you know they go and they get to do the things that they, they love every day they get to hang around with their friends like play games because there was we don't play Madden, but in the back of Vale's bus, like uh, the old singer and the drummer and then a bunch of other people from like Suicide Silence and some videos from Darkest Hour, we all playing Madden back there. And um, she was like, she's like, wow, this is sick. Uh, you know, everyone's there playing games. They're all having a great time. They're playing shows, hanging out with their friends. Like, this seems like a lot of fun. And uh, she, she uh, after expressed like, hey, Frankie, I know you know a lot of people in the scene. Um, would you be interested in like, you know, starting a project or something like that? And at that moment I was like, I instantly thought about the, my Lucrezia idea. And I was like, yeah, actually I, I would be pretty interested. And I, I pitched the idea. I was like, I know. And I knew that she actually liked the same game that she, obviously she likes Final Fantasy 72. I was like, well, Hey, I have this idea, blah, blah, blah. And I pitched it and she's like, yeah, I'd be down to do that. That sounds pretty cool. So, uh, you know, we're like, that's kind of where like the otaku thing kind of started with Lucrezia. And from there, um, you know, we tried to get some bandmates. That's like another story. But, you know, as as the band grew in itself, it started just as a two man project. Um, we got more people and we started writing songs. Rhapsodos was like the first song uh, that we wrote. 
uh, that was specifically about Final Fantasy VII. And um, after that, we started thinking about it. And uh, as great as a game Final Fantasy VII is, you know, eventually you'll run out of things to talk about because it's just one singular story. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they do have lots of, like, branching stories that you could technically, like, write stuff from. But eventually, like, I feel like you're eventually going to run out and you're going to have to, like, choose something else or find some other way to write about something or just like rehash the same thing which is you know not even from a creative standpoint rehashing the same thing over and over again is fun so um you know we threw it was like okay well what about if we did stuff about just you know anime all together because you know we like anime and there's so many like awesome and amazing stories uh in japanese role-playing games and anime and manga that it's like so easy you know for us at least to uh you know write about it because you know we get a lot out of these stories and uh it's not just like a story to us. Like when we read it, something like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, like we get like real, you know, like real life lessons and real things that we take from it. And we're just like, we feel like enriches us as a person, you know, once we're done reading. So we're like, we can share the same. Just like, like any other book or movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, like exactly. It's just people just don't, I mean, now they do, but they didn't know that you can learn the same kind of values and things from uh, manga and anime. Yeah. As movies. So any serious movie. So we tried to kind of just from there kind of take those values and things that we think are important, like human values that people should know, like whether it's hope or <laughs> not giving up or um, dealing with, with like certain emotions like anger and just different things like that, Lies. but like correlating them, correlating them through these like stories as a medium to speak about it, I guess, and relate like our own personal lives with what the character's talking about in the story. Um, and then we kind of just went from there and kind of um, just kept writing songs about it and I guess I haven't really stopped since. See, but, no, yeah. that may, again, that makes a lot of sense too. In terms of you had with the idea that you had, especially with the strong affiliation to final fantasy seven, because even if I think about it too, if I want to start a video, if I want to start a, like a band that's and have the folks be around my favorite video game, I'm not sure how much I could go off of that myself, man, because uh, I'm not sure how much, I'll say I'm not sure how much you could go off of a, a collectathon game when it comes to creating a whole entire story. You, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you never know. But what it kind of is kind of parallel to kind of like with me with this podcast. Well, because I start out in a completely different idea and then I just kind of tried a couple of different things and it evolved from one spot to the next and it grew into this. And now it's like, OK, this keeps yeah. growing, just keeps evolving from your perspective. It's both of you had such a strong affiliation to Japanese, such a strong affiliation to anime and Final Final Fantasy VII as well. So it kind of start out with that, like, okay, something based off of Final Fantasy VII, get the ideas from there. But like you said, Frankie, there's only a certain amount that you can go off of that because it is, for the majority, one story. And you can't get much off that. But as you expand further out into the culture, broaden a little bit to, okay, now let's go to anime. Let's see kind of how this works in it. There's so many different series, so many different things that are going on there. So many different stories that are being told in so many different ways to where when you're trying to reference something, you're trying to focus in on maybe what this value is being talked about in this specific way. You have a lot of experience, a lot of, um, not say experience, but a lot of examples and a lot of yeah. Um, influences to work off. I was trying to think yeah, of influences, yeah. but I couldn't actually it's, get the it's word. It's really limitless, in my opinion. Um, a lot of people relate to a lot of these things in anime. Yeah, a lot of people connect with it deeply. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing that I think that a lot of people, at least nowadays, I don't think so much anymore. I think a lot of people, people cry when Eris die. Yeah, I you think, know, like really. Yeah, I think people uh, back then didn't really grasp it as much that you know, like stories uh, in in a game or an anime or whatever, even in like a comic sometimes too. Um, can have these deep values, but they do. And, um, you know, uh, I feel mm -hmm. that bias, uh, you know, kind of like 
projecting those out there and hearing people say like oh when you wrote the song you know i connected to it and especially when they say that they like the anime too i'm not gonna lie when they say like hey i saw you wrote the song about this anime and i connected with the song and i really enjoyed it because i also like the anime it, it's really cool because you feel like that strong connection with that person they get it but even so when people don't like somebody who's like i've never watched jojo but like i i listen to your song and i i read the lyrics and i can feel the passion that you have for you know not giving up on your dream and blah 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 and they, they can get the vibe that's the thing that i i really 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 enjoy because yeah. i like i said i feel all these stories have something that somebody can take away from it but you have to just you know be willing and open to you know like essentially like like let it into your heart i guess yeah <laughs> and just like, you know feel it like they say oh you know you can look at it like okay one piece you know oh wait, he's a pirate okay getting some treasure how are you gonna write about that but i'm sure he goes through so many like trials and tribulations and there could be an episode where it's, you know, something really difficult. Maybe his friend passes away or something like that. So, like, it's easy, to, of course, to, like, if you just look at it like that, then you can't really find anything. But this is all years and years of watching and playing. And, like, uh, I was just thinking of um, one of our songs that is going to come out, um, hopefully this year, is uh, Chapter Black. And that was influenced when I've, I watched Yu Yu show. Um, it was, like, one of my earliest animes, like, early 2000s. But um, there's this one episode where um, this human character betrays the human race and sides with the demons. And the main character, Yusuke, is like, what the hell? Like, why would you do that? You're an idiot. Because in the show, it's clear that they're bad, right? So he was, like, just very perplexed about it. And he says, well, you know, I saw this video. And it's, it's a magical videotape, literally magical, that has the entire human history of atrocities that have been committed. So, like, literally terrible, terrible, terrible things. He said that, and when he watched it, he completely did away with the human race. He said he couldn't even look at him after, which makes sense because you're seeing all the horrible things they've done. And we all know humans have done really, really bad things, and they still continue to do bad things. Um, so when I watched that episode, I, I got chills, and I said, I want to make a really angry, heavy song about this. Like, I have to. I first of all, I love you, Hawk Show. I love this fucking episode, and um, I can't get this out of my mind. You know, like I have to like get it down. And so, like we wrote it, and I came up with this elaborate video influenced by like Silent Hill, and you know horror stuff. And I wanted to be like the terrible. I wanted to just be like torture and like you know all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, but it's again to like drive a point home. And, um, yeah, so, like, that's just an example of something way that I've watched way in the past. It's coming back circle to now. And it's, like, we wrote it. It's, you just need to do the video. Um, but I probably watched that episode maybe 1999 or something like that. Um, and, you know, I have a tattoo on my leg of Yuhok show. Like, that really struck a chord with me because I am very, like, sensitive to a lot of things like that like you know um hurting humans or animals or kids you know that, that really affects me like I actually um before I met Frankie I had really bad anxiety and I couldn't like leave my room and um it was really hard but he's like helped me a lot um he encouraged me to pursue music I never was going to pursue music I never thought I could do it I was like I'm not good enough you know no one's going to want to listen to a girl scream like I suck, like, it's just impossible. And he's like, you know, and he showed me like some examples of like the few girls that he knew at the time, like, um, what's her name? Um, 
Wall, Wall of Jericho. Oh, Wall of Jericho. Walls yeah, of Jericho. And I was like, wow, dang, she sounds really good. Like, little things like that, you know, to, like, like really encourage me gently to, like, pursue it. And uh, like he said, um, he was actually in a band called Plaza Amada at the time. And they actually kind of, like, fell apart completely. And I just began talking about this. And it kind of lined up perfectly because he that was his main passion was his band plays he put everything into it you know um and it completely disintegrated and uh you know he still wants to do music and i never got to do music so he was like well let's do that together then and we both like dance game and dance and you like r&b and you want to sing r&b and like metal and i'm like yeah <laughs> can it be done um you know but issues came out right so we saw that they can be done but anyways um yeah it's crazy like stuff from our childhoods have influenced us so much over, over these years that like we still think about it you know um and of course there's new things that come out so there's always something to write about i i'm always like i always get chills with something you know so um but actually i never got to leave my anime arc but that's okay it's like i, I feel bad like <laughs> talking so much Oh, I'd say don't feel bad about talking so much. I mean, that's the whole entire point of the podcast is to get to know who, who, whoever artists are bringing on, get to know who they are, get to know about them, and they'd be able to connect with them in a certain way where you, it's like, you know, hey, I want to listen to this artist, but I want to get more of this based off the fact that their sound is awesome and now I have this deeper connection to them. And even listening through your experiences as well, especially with Amy, and really going through everything there to create this concept and just everything else around there, getting into music, how everything played out. I'm just going to go back to anime for the example. There are so many different stories, so many different story arcs that happen in so many different series, so many different animes where they're created in such a way from, even though I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of anime myself. I really just, it, I've never gotten into it. But one thing I can always understand is there is a certain affiliation to it based off of the way that the stories are told. People connect with them in such a positive way or such a strong emotional way where, like you said, there's an anime, there's an anime character. You know, you might never. It's just a just a creation, just just a picture. But just yeah. the story that's being told around there, the emotion gets built up when that something happens. That character, when they triumph, yeah. you feel you feel like powerful inside because you know yeah. the character that you really connect with finally triumphed. What if that character unfortunately dies and it's a very emotional thing? You feel that impact, and you know you're going through the rest of your day, and it's just you're feeling that because those stories help us process our emotions and help us understand certain things that we feel. So we're so tied deeply into certain things. You know, yeah, what is it like when we, when, what, like when our, one of our favorite characters ends up getting killed on a show, if we're so tied into that show, if we're very invested and that happens, we're going to feel like we lost something that was really close because now that character is not coming back anymore. And not, you know, we, we feel like something's missing because we yeah. were so heavily emotionally invested in it, but it also can speak to just, you know, the people that we really care about in our own lives, where if yeah. something were to happen to them, you know, it, it, it helps us see the beauty and the fact that we have these different relationships and how close we are to them, how impactful there is, how much of a more of a positive side of things they bring to us. Yeah. It's, it's all about telling these stories that we can relate to. And with yeah. your music as well, focusing in on those stories, it's another way for all of us to understand those stories in a different light, especially from my side too, because I'm just not as into the source material, but I'm into the music. So yeah. once I'm into the music, it's, 
I might not be able to pull out exactly where you were influenced from by this, but I'm able to pull out what what emotion there's trying to be portrayed yeah, exactly. there and then relate it to what has happened in my life so that yeah. it gets a larger connection to myself. Because everything that we've written about, although you know it may be from watching something, both of us have related it to real life every single time. Um, like when we wrote um, uh, um, Antipathy, yeah. which is a Hunter x Hunter song. Yeah, it's like the second um, song. Wrote. It's pretty old. A, just to say, actually, um, in case anybody doesn't know, Yu Hakusho was this guy's other manga and anime, the one I told about, uh, talked about Chapter Black. He went on to make another one called Hunter x Hunter. We, I also love that very much. I mean, he put a lot of himself into it, you know? Um, and uh, there's this character that you grow to really like, and he gets killed in a terrible, terrible way, and it really hurts the main character. Like, that was, like, his father figure. Like, he took care of him. He was broken. You know, he was broken. And, um, you know, Frankie, he's dealt with a lot of loss in his life. Um, you know, he lost his mom at a young age and unexpectedly um, and others, you know. So, like, when we watch those scenes, it's very real because, like, we think of the people that actually we lost or, you know, or in general, someone just, just yeah, just terrible things happen to people that don't deserve it. And so that's why it's easy for us to write it in a way that it's not just like, okay, then I'm charging up and then I'm going to beat the world. Yeah. You know, like, like you could say corny and straightforward and to the point, you know, um, which rap does it cool, by the way, like they'll talk about like, oh, uh, Kamehameha's and stuff and all that, like, which is like, you know, Goku's blast. That's what it's called. Right. Yeah. They got good wordplay. That's like, why. They'll, like they'll they actually like reference like directly a lot is what I'm trying to say. Like it's very on the nose as they say. Um, but for us, it's kind of blurs between reality and the anime. And if you don't know the anime, you can probably still relate to it because it's written from a place of like real feelings and emotions. You know, mm -hmm. I never, and I never lost my little sister like in Grave of the Fireflies. But I am the I am the biggest sister. I'm the oldest out of all my siblings. And I imagine being in his shoes at 14 or 13, his parents dying um, from the war and, you know, uh, on his own. No money, no food. He has to steal food for farmers. He gets beat. His sister slowly, slowly is dying from malnourishment. He can't get food for her. He's left alone. No one wants to help him. No one cares. They walk right by him. They don't care. There's two starving children literally dying. You know, I imagine like, wow, what if I, if I was in those shoes, like how horrible, how terrible, like, can anybody just help this kid? Like, dang, you know, it's just like so frustrating for me. And um, it's a lot of emotions. I'm just saying it's many, many layers. You know, I can always put myself in their shoes. I'm very like that type of person. Um. So that's why I think people can still connect to our music, even if they don't watch anime. And who knows? Maybe they'll connect to it so much. Maybe they'll watch that particular anime. And then maybe they'll see why we love it so much and other people love it and maybe it opens new doors. There's lots of people who never listened to metal before, but because we write about anime and games, we brought new people into the metal genre. And it's been stagnant for a very long time, in my opinion. I feel like it's a metalcore has been kind of difficult, um, but lately it seems like it's coming back. But you know what I mean? Like there was like that lull, and like mm. 
you know, Vela Maya was having a hard time and then they got the singer and it kind of started turning around. Like, I'm just saying, like, it was kind of hard. Um, and everybody, I remember Mark saying, like, I can't, we can't get new people into the scene. Like, if you see the shows, it's not packed. Like, they're not packed. They're not always packed, you know, like, like they were before in the 2000s. And um, he said, I remember a periphery getting on a cover of something. Um, uh, like, I forget what crazy magazine they're on. It was just like, what are they doing there? But he said, oh, that's good. That's great. That's going to bring in new fans to the genre. And so, like, I kept that in mind. You know, I listened to that. And when I go to anime cons, you know, I say, hey, you like baby metal? At, or if you like anime? And I sell it that way. And they're like, I never listened to metal. Wow. But, you know, your singing really draws me in and then influences. And they start to listen to other metal bands. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. It's cool. Like, I love that. We've even had a couple fans, too, that weren't, like, kind of like you were mentioning, that weren't really into anime or Japanese music at all. After they, they liked metalcore and stuff like that. But they're like, I listen to your band. And I saw a lot of, like, the aesthetics and stuff that you guys bring. And I think they're, like, really interesting and they seem really cool. So I decided to check out some um, some other Japanese bands. Um, our, our guitarist, he hasn't really been with us um, recently. Um, he's from this other Japanese band called Pale Dusk, actually. Um, uh, the the fan was like, yeah, I found this band called Pale Dusk, which was funny enough, our guitarist band. He's like, and then he named off a few other bands that I like, uh, like Cold Rain and Sable Hills. And uh, he was like, yeah, if uh, I never really heard your band, I would have never really actually got really interested in checking out um, other bands' uh, music and stuff. But I saw, you know, you had Kaito from Pale Dust that made me kind of interested. Um, and, you know, they kind of grew from there. So um, it's kind of cool in that aspect, too, because not only just sometimes, like, introducing non-metal fans to metal or uh, non-anime fans to anime, it's, like, introducing people to, like, whole other perspectives yeah, of music and new stuff worlds. like that. Like, completely new worlds. And it's exciting. And I remember finding these worlds for the first time. I just love to be able to help people have that feeling because yeah. I, I, like, I feel like I know everything at this point, almost everything. <laughs> So when I find something new, I'm like so excited and um, I'm just glad that other people can discover new things because, I mean, some of them are in their 20s. Like they still have their whole life ahead of them. And broadening your perspective <laughs> can make anyone just a better person. You know, like that, like they say, like people who travel a lot and and uh, try to like, you know, they go to other countries, they eat their food, they learn their, some of their customs, some of their traditions. And, like they're, it's just proven that they are you know, more emotionally intelligent for the most part. You know, it's just like, more accepting, yeah. it's always better to just try. And if you don't like it, it's okay. But just try it out, you know, and then maybe you never know. Um, it, don't like be stagnant. You have, like I said, there's so much out there and like, you're going to miss out if you are closed-minded. But again, it's not, it's not guaranteed you're going to like it, but being closed-minded is going to only like hurt you and you can't grow as a, as a person. And also you're missing out. It's just so much more fun, you know, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Being closed minded is, you know, you're not taking a shot at anything. And we all know the phrase, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take Wayne Gretzky, yeah. Michael Scott have to throw oh, that in. <laughs> uh, sorry. One more thing about that. So one of my friends said he hates singing. <coughs> he said he never listened <laughs> to bands with singing in it. Yeah, he hates it. He's got his blinders on like this, like a horse. But because we're friends and, you know, we invited him, like, to play on stage with us. Like, he, he had, a, he was really, de you know, depressed at the time. And 
his band wasn't doing so hot and he just that's all that's his dream too is music right so we said well hey come to the show you know we'll ha we'll have a good time we'll play some games because we always bring smash brothers to all our shows and nice. we'll put it on the merch table um you know we'll we'll, we'll cut loose you know you could uh perform a piece of like i think it was femto which is inspired by berserk um i was femto right mm -hmm. yes. and he i i didn't know i didn't know i just thought like you know i could tell he wanted to do some vocals and he's a pretty good vocalist so um i was like yeah let's make it brutal because he's pretty brutal and that's a really heavy song hey he, he said that that changed him he said that gave him a fire in him like that reignited the fire within him and by doing that he accepted our music because he said these guys get like lighted that fire so he can't mm. you know he has that strong bond with that moment and with us and that's just human connections for me that's just how it is that's how bonds are formed um you can like you know it sounds like kind of science but it's true you know it's just like forming these connections and these moments of happiness and if they're strong enough you know they can open your mind and so he started opening his mind and now he can he listened to some music with singing in it, which is crazy because he never, he said he absolutely hated it. He told me over and over again. I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> and he's like, your band's the only one. But I think lately it's been even better for him. Like yeah, he's been more, more open-minded, but that's all. Let's see. It's, it's like from many perspectives. It's like people who never listen metal, people who never hated singing. And we bring both those people together at the same show and they're <laughs> friends and they're playing Smash together, you know? No, oh, absolutely. It's you're creating the opportunity for people to get into either either of your influences, whether it's from the like yeah. you know the more metalcore side of things, or whether it's from the Japanese anime influence side of things. Because I kind of just kind of picking apart some of the things that you said. You know, metalcore. After taking a look into, it, of course, I didn't get into it till like really like 2018, 2019. After basic, I've talked about this in the podcast. After Bring Me the Horizon release, Semper Eternal, it was like every band just got the same, and like nothing really. Got, got you know how many times people said exactly what you're saying? Yeah, I was really talking about that the other day. Like, so carry, many. Carry on, though. So carry many. on. Yeah. So and people interviewing us too. It's funny. Yeah. So it's like everything got the same. Everything got stagnant to the point where you know, where you th I've, I've had this conversation before. You think about bands that are in like that metal, like more of that metalcore scene. What are some bands that were either in that scene or still in that scene that could play potentially like play arenas? Or we said play masses were garden like on a consistent basis. And the only one I could think of was Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah. But what we've seen over the past couple of years is. Bands have gotten, especially on the metalcore side, bands have gotten interesting again. And the way yeah. they've gotten interesting is they are basically taking what their influences are and putting them into the music in such a way where if you're a part of the culture of that influence or you're a part of the music side of it, you're able to have this open mind and be able to get into different things. How many horror music fans that didn't like metalcore are now so into metalcore because Ice Nine Kills yeah. came out and made it absolutely gangbusters? From from your perspective as well, I mean, for myself, I I'm not into anime, but I like the I like the music you guys created. Yeah. So if I want to go and see, okay, where'd this song come from? I'm more influenced to go there. But if someone is very heavily connected with whatever anime you guys are referencing and whatever song it is, and you tell them about it, okay, and you bring it up, now they're going to be interested in seeing, you know, 
okay, this band has a very, very, very strong influence in things that I am very passionate about and I like, whether it's the culture, whether it's whether it's a specific story, whatever it could be, but it gives them the opportunity to say, hey, I want to check this out because I want to see maybe how close it comes to what I feel about it, and it absolutely connects. Yeah. And not only that, but there are some other bands out there now that are really working in some different ideas, and when they're bringing these different ideas to the forefront – and mixing it with their metalcore style, this is where the genre is really starting to kind of, you know, pick up some steam and grow again. I mean, take a look at what happened in 2021 with Spirit Box. It was just hearing yeah. Courtney LaPlante's vocals. It was like, holy fucking shit. There is, like, there's, like, it was kind of like there was a female vocalist out there that could scream just as heavy as the guys and was as accessible to the scene similar to like ginger with tatiana because hearing her scream mm-hmm. is like hearing hearing like some of the heaviest guys out there scream 2022 bad omens comes out with death the peace of mind and yeah they have some of their heavier stuff on there but they're mixing so many different other ideas together and mm-hmm. it really pops off and now we're into 2023 and look at what's happening with sleep token already i mean yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it's incredible to watch but it's just now that you know bands are kind of taking they're not doing, not everyone's doing the same thing. It's yeah. everyone's maybe, you know, has the same idea when it comes to Melkor, but when it comes to the influences and how those influences really play into the music, it's allowing people that are not as into metal to get into the yeah. music based off of the other influences that are coming in there. And when it comes to Lucrezia, I mean, what you're saying, all the anime stuff, everyone's able to connect with that, especially if they have some affiliate affiliation to anime, to video games, whatever it might be. And when you're at those shows, like I have not heard of a band to put Smash Bros on the merge table and have people come up and play. But if <laughs> I saw that, I would be like, you know, first off, I would love to do that in between sets, though, because once that once that set starts and that yeah. pit forms, I'm just most like people, most people leave <laughs> when the set starts. Yeah, to be honest, sometimes and if they do want to stay, I usually try to cut them off just to be respectful to the other bands, because, you know, I want people to watch when we play. I don't want them. play. I wouldn't want them playing Smash Bros and I'm playing some like. Mm-hmm. Let's watch the band. We can we can play Smash again in like twenty minutes. We'll be okay. Some of them are our nerdy friends, and they have a hard time, you know, like like being in the crowd in general. They don't even go to shows. Like they literally don't go to shows at all. Like they like again, we're their first metal band, you know. So they wouldn't be there honestly, like without us sometimes. But um, at the same time, most people are cool. Like they they stop and they you know start watching the show. Um, and then, you know, we can always just turn it off the TV. <laughs> so, and also, like, it's great because it's right next to the stage. So, like, the only time it's, like, um, I got to really make sure, like, to turn it off is when it's outside. If they put us outside the venue, like, they'll put our merch table outside the venue and then, right, when the show's inside. Um, then we have to, like, okay, all right, show's over. All right, go in there, you know, sometimes, right? But um, most of the time it works out. We don't have to, like, micromanage too much. And it brings a lot of people, um, like I said, I, I, I tell people, hey, you should come to the show. And they're like, I've never been to the show. I'm like, well, I got Smash Brothers. They love Smash Brothers. I can't get them in there, the, the foot in the door sometimes, without selling something that they want. You know, like, like I said, either supporting us or like, hey, you're really, like, they're quiet. They're nerds. They stay at home. They don't leave their house. You know, you have to understand, they don't go to any shows. They don't go anywhere. Um some of them now like go to shows, you know? So I, I do, I do know that. And I try not to like make it rude or anything, 
But I just want to put that perspective out there because a lot of people don't know. Like I said, some of these people never even been to a show before. You know, so they wouldn't even be there <laughs> without without okay. me like bribing them in a way. <laughs> oh, totally understand. And I I really want to just dive into this for a quick second because I'm thinking about this. When it comes to the rock and metal scene, it's kind of like a why people why do people like the rock and metal scene? Why do us metalheads go to these shows all the time? And for people like myself, why do we jump into those pits and go ape crazy, you know, willing to put ourselves in harm's way at a yeah. show? Why do we it's because we love it and I love seeing yeah. all the random people I get to see at shows. I mean, I'm at I'm at, it's at a point where I wear the same hat to every single show. So if I'm here in Milwaukee, if I go to Massachusetts, if I go down to Chicago, it's like it's kind of cool because like ten people will know me just based off of that. Do I remember their names? Mm-hmm. Not really, because at times I just don't really remember names all too well. Yeah, but I remember the faces. I'm like, I know I've seen you at this show, this show, yeah, this show, this it show. A community. Yeah, it builds that community. It builds that yeah. family feel that we all absolutely love. And from your perspective, it's again, you're connecting with those connecting with people that might be looking for that, but maybe just aren't comfortable going to those shows based off of just experiences that they've had in the past yeah. in terms of just through their lives and just aren't comfortable with being in that social environment, but they really connect yeah. with maybe the, the, like the focus of the music, whether it's, you know, the influence from anime, influence from video games, whatever yeah. it might be, but you're also creating this thing where it's like, okay, how can we potentially get that foot in the door? You know, if you're going to have smash bros on the merge table, they're going to be interested in that. And that's going to be an incentive for them to show up. Cause it's like, Hey, I can play smash bros with maybe a band that I like because of the influence they have. And then yeah. you're able to do that. But now when the show starts, it's like, well, now I got to wait to go play Smash Bros. But I'm I'm here. I can't just go home because I paid money for this ticket. Let's go in and watch the show and see what happens. But then you get to have these these fans that may not have really been as affluent in the social area start to yeah. feel that because now you're part of this metal family that's at these shows yeah. where you see someone to pick it absolutely rocked. Why are five people rushing to that person right away to pick them back up? Because that is the rule and that is what family does. And so it just, that. it just adds to everything and yeah. it might give people that are very shy that don't like to go out and be in those social situations that exactly. like the stuff that you do more confidence to do that. And then, they could be potentially off to the races with being coming, you know, as you know, doing the stuff they love, connecting with more people that love the exact same stuff that yeah. they do, finding more stuff that they could potentially enjoy, like music, like going to live shows, and just create this whole entire arc where their whole lives could potentially change because you had Smash Bros yeah. at the merch table. And I'm I just saying, it. I'm just saying, I was one of those first people. I, I said earlier I had anxiety. I couldn't leave my room. It'd be really, it was really difficult to get me out. I felt scared of meeting people. I felt scared of not having connections and just being the person in the corner, you know. And I, first, I want to mention that everybody who buys a ticket from us is very respectful. Like our community is very nice. Like we have a very nice community. I'm very proud of it. You know, they're very respectful of each other. They respect other bands we're playing with. Um, like they're not that person or they're, uh, you know, not respecting the time of the other bands and stuff. So I just also want to say that I'm proud of that as well. Um, you know, it's very inclusive. Um, but, you know, for me, like having that little screen where I can like kind of go up to and it gives me something to look at and do and I don't have to worry about talking to people at first. But then you play with someone and then 
you then you make your first friend and then of course you already have us there but like literally just playing with each other seeing each other around the show listening like they all they are friends now they're yeah. all like friends now you know so that's like um i just want to mention that real quick sorry frankie that's okay i have something to say off of you but um i'm just saying from my perspective i had terrible time leaving my room and i just want to say <laughs> that when i had that to look forward to it encouraged me to go out and not only that like you said changed my life changed my circle um, I found new bands, you know, I'm just saying like, that would totally be me in that situation. So, um, I want to advocate for those people too. You know, they want to go out. They're just absolutely terrified or, you know, they're afraid they won't connect with anyone. But I tell them, Hey, I literally tell them this. I say, <laughs> everybody there is awesome. Every, all the fans, the friends, their friends and friends, the, the Lucrezia club. That's why we call, we call it Lucrezia club for a reason. It is a club. I said, you're invited to the club. And everybody is going to like you. And I introduced them to everybody. Like, it really brings people out that we have never been able to go out. And I just want to say that. So I know it might sound crazy to people who go to shows all their lives. But like I said, these people are never, they never listen to metal sometimes. You know, so you have to, like, understand it from their perspective, you know. But they're very respectful and they're not going to be rude like that. And a lot of them are, like, members <laughs> of the metal community now. But yeah, but... So um, to kind of go off what Suki was saying, um, we've actually been told by a couple uh, like bigger sign bands that we're friends with, uh, they, they ask us a couple times, they said, hey, dude, how do you guys like do what you do? And I'm like really confused at first. I'm like, what do you mean like do what we do? I'm like, like play music or like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, like your communities, like you guys are like really, really great at building a community. And they say like bands like us, it's really hard, you know, to kind of do that stuff and interact uh, with your community the way you guys do and get so much uh, positive feedback and response. And uh, I tell them, to be honest, I say it's it's not really anything. We just try our best to just be friends with everybody. And um, so in that regard, like what, what Suki was saying about the Lucrezia Club thing, um, the whole idea of the Lucrezia Club, um, aside from the name, um, was this like idea we had when we decided to go on our first tour. And um, when we went on our first tour, Suki had never, she was the only person in the band that never played a show. Um, we actually kind of, I'll just a quick side story. We BS on our first tour. We put out our song Brotherhood and it did well on the internet. And we got approached by uh, the person who's our manager now, funny enough, um, who was managing another band. Now, yeah, he knows now, but he was managing another I band then. for a while, yeah. but I never played a show. They found out I halfway through the tour. Shows, so half of it was true. Yeah, all of us in the band had already played shows. Um, I was the only one. I'm not going to let the band be held back because I haven't played shows. They all were very experienced. Yeah, yeah, we we had all been pretty seasoned. We um at the time and just toured. just a quick anecdote. Um, we had we because like I had mentioned, me and Suki were like the two full members. We essentially hired a band of musicians that we knew that were all like solid musicians, but didn't necessarily have time for the band at the moment. After the tour, they all decided they wanted to be in the credits. Like, wow, <laughs> this is fun. But at the time, we were like, hey, we need some musicians. We got asked to go on this tour, and Suki was like, hey, I never toured before. This seems hella fun. I really want to go. So we did it. And uh, we booked the tour without having uh, her having any prior show experience whatsoever. And we were just like, it's not hard. It's the same thing you do at practice. Like, just interact with people I this time. I have stage right. So, but, you know, I digress, though. So, but before we went on the tour, uh, we were, um, she said that she always wanted to try to build, like, you know, like a community. She'd always talk about different kinds of people that she wanted to make uh, Lucrezia inclusive to. A lot of females, because at the time, um, there wasn't, um, there's, you know, there's always been a lot of female, like, metal fans and, like, hardcore fans and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, but as far as like front women go at the time, there wasn't really too many. Like there was um, Cheney Crab from Entheos. It just like really gotten popular. And then Tatiana from um, 
from Ginger, obviously, but there wasn't really too many. There was obviously some old bands, like I said, The Kill and stuff, but... And I, I wrestled the bear one. Yeah, and I wrestled the bear ones, who was, like, a big influence on us. But there wasn't really too many uh, females like that. So she said she wanted to try to, like, make it more inclusive to females to let them know, like, you know, you could be a part of this, too. To, like, other nerds. like Kawaii anime. merch, even. Yeah. Just and everything to make everybody feel. Other anime fans and stuff like that. And just <clears throat> lots of different people. And so when she was, uh, when we were, we were thinking this about this, we were like, well, uh, you know, what's what's a good way, you know, like, how can we talk to people because uh at the time she never really played shows she was still very kind of antisocial and i myself am pretty antisocial yeah uh, i always joke around and say uh because you know suki's kind of like the if i were to say like this was an anime she'd be like the main character and then i'm like kind of like the silent side character that <laughs> i you know i speak when i need to but you know i'm more out uh soft-spoken than she is um but you know like how can people like us that are a little you know often shy when it comes to just approaching people like at a party or anything like that how are we gonna you know approach other people and you know make friends with these other people and um, outside of just our music, because, you know, it's it's hard just to, you know, just see a random person and say, I'm going to go up to that person and, and try to pitch my band and to make them my friend. You know, like that's it's kind of nerve nerve wracking. But uh, we're like, you know, Smash. We at the time, we'd all been playing Smash a lot with our friends. And uh, we'd started going to tournaments uh, maybe like a year prior to that. And we saw through like playing at the tournaments and stuff like that, how a situation where we knew nobody and we kind of were like the new new kid in class kind of type of thing how um through playing these games with people and just doing things that we love like she was talking about like really lowered that um natural guard that we have as people um and like for people that are kind of antisocial or introverts and uh, kind of helped us and by the end of the the tur- first our first tournament we were friends with everybody we had we're having a great time talking like we knew everybody for like years so we we're like yeah, yeah we need to we battle each other a lot the two bands us in a perfect being yeah so we we're like we need to you know kind of build you know do something that we can feel comfortable in and talk to people as well as other people. And so we, we that's how kind of the smash thing started. We brought it, um, you know, it's a way for us to feel comfortable at our table, you know, when we're sitting there, just so we're not stiff when they come up, like, Hey, how's it going? Like, like for some businessman yeah. or something. And uh, from there, as we kind of like on our first tour, garnered our, garnered our first set of like real, like live fans and stuff like that. Um, we kind of saw that, you know, we were like slowly attracting, you know, more people um, as the shows kind of went on. And uh yeah, it, it really, really helped. We'd see, uh, like Suki was saying, like people come up to the table and, you know, say, hey, um, I heard about your band. I've only been to like maybe one show or maybe no shows at all. Um, I really like you guys. And, we'll, you know, we'll bring them over like, hey, well, come hang out with us. We have usually they'll find us at the bar or something like that. They usually never find us at the table, funny enough. And we'll tell them like, hey, we got a table over there. We got like Smash Bros. We all just hang out at the table. If you want to hang out, we can talk for as long as you want. We can play some games. Um, usually, they, they, you know, they'll usually be kind of like apprehensive and a little shy at first. But, you know, Suki's like a really, really, really good. Uh, she's even though she's pretty shy, she's really good at making people feel comfortable and stuff like that. So she'll, uh, you know, eventually course them into coming over and they'll, you know, they'll be a little shy and they'll be like, I'm not really good at games. And she'll be like, you know, Smash is a game for everybody. You know, we can all have fun. Like, don't worry. You know, nobody else here has ever played Smash before. If they did, they never play it. You know, they just, you know, you know, whatever the, the reason is. But, you know, we can all have fun. And, you know, like you'll see after like a game or two of them playing and, you know, conversing and everyone just kind of having like a good time together um, that, you know, like their guard most definitely you can see lowers and they'll be laughing and talking. And um, the person that we saw that was their first show there, like four or five shows later, we'll see them still coming to our show over and over again. And um, in like the gear, we've only really been playing shows, to be honest, for about two years. Because we started in 2019 and then halfway into 2019 uh, or like the end of 2019, you know, COVID hit. So it kind of mm-hmm. took us out the game. 
And then we started playing again last year. So we've only really been playing for about two years. But in the two years that we've been playing, and even during the COVID, COVID lull, when we came back to playing, all the same people that, you know, that Suki and myself had tried to connect with and bring to be a part of, like, our little club, um, you know, they still come back. And um, you can see, like, how, what she's talking about, the community, like, growing where, you know, they'll come and they'll see if another fan will say, hey, like, for example, one of our, fan, one of our fans and friends is actually here right now. His name is Mark. So I'll use him as an example. Um, you know, somebody will come in, they'll see Mark, they'll say, hey, Mark, how's it going? And they'll, they'll you know, shake hands or hug and they'll start playing Smash. Um, and it's just like, you know, like they've been friends like their whole lives yeah, and stuff like that. They're and, all friendly with each other. After yeah, that, it's super, you know? super friendly. So it's like, like I said, they exchange information like, you know, everybody knows each other. And anybody who hasn't been to our show that found us, maybe like I remember um, at the show in Sacramento at the Den of Sin, um, we had some new fans that never came to our show before. And uh, they're, you could tell they're really shy approaching the table, you know, and I understand mm -hmm. that too, because I have a very hard time approaching people that I like too in bands. Mm -hmm. um, I feel very shy and awkward and nervous, um, but they have the, the smash. And so they just kind of get closer and closer and they start <laughs> watching people play smash. And then I'll say, you want to play? Like, yeah, they're good, good. And they'll say, okay. And then, you know, some of them are girls, you know, and, you know, I could tell they want to approach the table. They're just like really nervous about it. And again, I this is coming from personal experiences and perspective. I understand how they feel, but I don't want them to have to feel that way because I, you know, I don't want them to feel nervous. There's no reason to. I'm just a regular person, um, and I'm a nerd. <laughs> so you know, that's why I say, oh yeah, go ahead, yeah, no problem. And little kids too, you know, little kids like four, five, six years old, eight years old, who um, like we have one. Um, uh, a, a dad and a son that comes to a lot of our Sacramento shows and he loves us the most, you know, he, has, he doesn't even listen to the other bands unless like we're playing with them. Like he just <laughs> is like, we're like his number one, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he's shy too. We come, you know, I, I played games with them, you know, say, okay, want to team up? And he's like really happy and excited. <laughs> and then we take a picture together and, you know, like he's influenced for life. Like he's going to mm -hmm. be coming to shows for the rest of his life now, probably. Now he wants to be in a band. Yeah, sure. He, he told us so he's practicing time. screaming every day now. Oh, and wow. He's like yeah, little, six or seven. Yeah, he's like a little baby, a really little baby, but he's super cute though. And uh, yeah, he's literally like, he's doing it. Like I can hear it too. Like I can hear he's going to get it down soon. Like I can, I remember like when I first tried, I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> so oh. like. I just don't want people to think bad about it because if anything, like it seems like it's only made it better and people, the other bands, like everybody in the show loves it. And usually as soon as the set starts playing, like in, um, it was in Seattle, everybody turned immediately and towards the show, you know? So like, I just don't want people to think like negatively of it. It actually helps a lot and it brings the community together and, you know, like, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm very, like, passionate about that. <laughs> I've, I've seen so many positive things from it. Like, I just don't want people to get the wrong idea. Oh, I understand. And kind of, like, just to wrap this up as well, the one thing that kind of started out that whole entire piece was, like, with the bands potentially asking, like, hey, you know, how like, how are you growing this way? How are you connecting with your audience in such a way? Like, how could we do that? And as I was listening to your responses, of course, with everything with Smash Bros and getting and connecting with those people, something made a lot of sense to me where it's all about I, now i'm gonna start speaking you know more the economics analytics side of things but it does kind of make sense here where when it comes to the influence that you have and the music that you have of course it's going to attract us 
people that really are into Japanese culture, people are into anime, people are into video games, all that stuff. And to try and get them to come to shows, it is it could potentially be tough because maybe they're just not yeah. they're they're shy. They just don't feel as comfortable in those social situations. Yeah. But the Although, crazy thing about it is, is I'm not gonna say that you're part of that target audience, but for what you were trying to go, like you once were that target our audience yeah. where being shy, not a comfortable to go shows, but you understand what it's like to be a part of that and what you're what at that time you might have been looking for to find that type of connection. And by having it like, hey, you know, this is where the influence is. But by having Smash Bros at the table, now there's an interest there because it's something that they're comfortable with. So, of course, like I said, inch over, inch over. And now you finally get a chance to play. You're going to end up playing with somebody. So now you yeah. can have that. You have that camaraderie right there, right then and there to start that. It's kind of start a positive connection, start that yeah. friendship. And that positive connection just keeps growing and growing to the point where now they feel yeah. like they're part of a community. They feel like they're part of a family and they know that. That the family like me likes the same stuff that they do, and it's like, oh my, okay, it makes it a lot easier at that point. And I do understand too where people to have, okay, you know, you might really like this band and have a little bit of a nervous time coming up to the merch table. I did it yeah. first, and now it seems like sometimes I've seen like bands like, hey, you, like we know who you are. Why are you not like standing behind and waiting to go come to the merch? And I'm like, I'm not shy. Yeah. There's a lot of other people that haven't talked to you, like the bands yet, and I've already yeah. have. So I'm going to give them the time of day because I know yeah. I'll get my time of day eventually. It's And I can yeah. wait. I can sit there. I can wait and just sit there and start thinking about random things. Like, again, what Nick Cage movie is the best Nick Cage movie? So like <laughs> that's just me in a social setting. I'm pretty good at it. But I totally understand, especially you were part of that audience that you're trying to attract beforehand. Yeah, exactly. Of course, you might still be tech, you might still be rather a part of it. But when it comes to the social side of things, connecting with people, it definitely seems like from your perspective, it has gotten a lot easier for you. But you remember what it was like, you know what it's like, and to be able yeah. to connect with those people on that and create that family and create that connectivity to create that value that people really enjoy. I mean, that's what's creating a very large community for you that you 100% care about. You're showing people that you 100% care about. And it's it's not it's not a friendship thing anymore. I mean, it's a whole family where exactly. you have a... You have kids that are, you know, learning to scream and want to be bands and are breaking away from shyness and potential social awkwardness because of what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, wow. I know it's so it's it does, those are the moments that, you know, like there's of course there's always tough times. You know, I wonder like, you know, because we I feel like we haven't broke through yet. You know, um, but I'm not ungrateful. But I'm just saying that it's not my career yet. You know, I still mm -hmm. work a full mm -hmm. time job to support this, you know, and I, I'm waiting for that moment where I can just, you know, fully say like, I am just a musician. Um, and, um, I, oh my gosh, I totally lost what I was saying. You're talking about how those moments, uh, are <laughs> oh, thank you. you know, so okay, so, so those moments like really keep me going. They really help me. Um, they bring tears to my eyes, you know, like I don't really get a lot from, you know, I'm kind of weird, you know, I don't mm -hmm. really, fame doesn't excite me. Um, money as long as I have enough to take care of everything and take care of my animals, you know, and then maybe a little bit extra to have fun with my friends or buy new games, you know. Like I'm pretty like I'm not very like that kind of person, materialistic in that sense. I'm more sentimental and um it's hard for me to find motivation in tough times sometimes, you know, because I, money doesn't drive me and neither does fame. But when I have those moments, it's like okay that's worth that's worth it like that's like that's what keeps me going that's mm -hmm. what like can push me through 
those really like tough times where I'm like, I should just give up. And I just really like, I just beat myself up a lot. It's just who I am. And I, you know, I've always struggled with self-esteem and that's, and I, I just want to say that there's other people out there who struggle with the same thing. And I meet them at my shows, for example, just to bring this up. I just spoke with a girl um, in Seattle. I had a really heart to heart talk with her. never met her before in my life. She went up to me. She said, wow, you're so amazing. I can't believe you look so cute. You're so, your vocals are so powerful. You're singing like, oh my God. And, you know, you could just tell that she was impressed in a sense, like, go girl, like you go girl. <laughs> and she's like, I really want to be a musician. And I had a heart to heart with her. And uh, she's been communicating the last few weeks, DMing me. She, I couldn't find anybody to work with. I gave her some tips of like how I first started. It was, it's really hard to start by yourself. That's That was me. So I just told her a lot of the stuff, little tips, you know, go to shows, talk to people, befriend people. Go to shows that are like similar to the genre you want to play, blah blah blah. She uh, went to, did that like a few days ago. Found someone. It's a, they might make some music now. She told me thank you so much. I can't believe like this is happening. And she's like, you know, I don't want to like bother you too much, but and I just want to tell you, I thank you so much for having that heart and heart with me. Like it, you don't know how much it like kept me going. You know, it's like those things like mean so much to me. Those are the things that like really really give me a lot in return. Because I don't get a lot. <laughs> and I just purely do this because of the love for music, the love for the things I want to share to the world. You know, like, hey, I really love this game. This game made me cry. I want to share it to the world in case somebody missed it and, and, and it would influence them like it did me. And, you know, that those are my goals, you know. So, like, that's just like a real example of another female fan never saw us before just came to the show i think i don't remember like why she came sometimes for other bands you know and they just happen mm -hmm. to see us but like you can see how influential it can be on someone and you never know like that little moment that completely changed their lives you know so like that's like very important to me you know but yeah yep. i just wanted to say that sorry <laughs> go ahead sorry i wasn't saying anything. all it takes <laughs> is that one moment and to kind of just wrap this up before we go do the whole entire, you know, goodbye, sleep, that kind of stuff. The one thing to wrap this up is there I've, I've been doing this podcasting for about four years now. And I've seen bands where all of a sudden it's like, I've seen bands and I've seen them grow. And there's always some sort of commonality there. And it's when they have that moment where, you know, all of a sudden you get to see them pop off and you get to see them start to grow and you get to see them make a career out of it and really be successful at it. The, the, all, the whole entire time, there's always one commonality and the commonality is how they connect with their fans. And it could yeah. be, an, it could be many different aspects. I've seen bands do it with crazy, funny humor. I've seen what? bands do it just by being as open as possible with people. Yeah. I've seen it just by them, you know, having fun, but also connect people and showing as much gratitude. Now, are these bands, you know, the biggest bands in the world right now? No, but are they at that point where they're, you know, going on tour consistently and the bands are their full-time jobs and that's it? Yeah, I've seen it happen. And that commonality and how they connect with their fans and how they create that like full-on connection to the point where, the fans are basically their like you know their their biggest marketers, their biggest supporters, every aspect yeah. about it. The community and how you're creating it, and the core value of creating for connectivity, family, friendship, and just to have people be comfortable with not only who they are but also with everything they love, especially with all your influences again, Japanese culture, anime, video games, all that stuff. 
it's not a question of if that pop-off moment is going to happen. It's not a question of if. The question is when. That's where the question is. It's going to happen. So for everyone listening, I mean, you're not going to want to miss out on this because it's not a question of if. It's a question of when. So Suki and Frankie, as we bring this podcast to this conclusion, I always like to end these podcasts by giving my guests, which is both of you, a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug wherever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the podcast. So the floor is yours. Go you want me to go? <laughs> well, you might do some stuff that. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, so you're good with like dates and stuff. Okay. And okay. I'm not so, uh, uh, thanks so much everybody for watching. Uh, if you want to know what we got going on, we have a upcoming show in Las Vegas. Uh, our first one in a while on March 4th, I think Saturday. Um, we'll be posting the, the details about it actually this weekend. We just finally got our confirmation that we'll be able to play it. So, uh, look out for that. Um, we'll also be doing another tour. I can't announce who it's with. Um, in late to mid May, uh, we'll be announcing that as well. We'll be hitting a lot of a lot more states than we have previously. Yeah, uh, where are some of them? Uh, we'll be hitting uh, Utah for the first time, Salt and I think City, yeah, right? yep, and uh, Denver, Colorado too. So that's two new states uh, plus a bunch of other ones that we visited recently on our last tour. Um, so should be pretty cool. Um, aside from that, check out our new video, Grave of the Fireflies. You can find it on YouTube on via Dreambound. Uh, we'll also have another video out pretty soon here in the next couple months. Um, aside from that, um, you can find everything we do uh, on any of our social medias. Instagram probably is the best. Suki is really great at running all our pages. But um, yeah, find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, and we even post sometimes on Spotify. our YouTube. And if you want to listen to our music, we have it all on Spotify. Uh, yeah, it's all nicely cropped together. So kind of hard on YouTube. but. Yeah, it's all nicely uh, together on Spotify. Um, and, uh, yeah, we have, like, a link that has everything um, oh, yeah. in all our bios. Yeah, like, it yeah. literally has everything. So. I'll just stop right now. It's instabiocc slash Lucrezia. That has, like, a list link to, like, all of our stuff. So yeah. it has merch, videos, songs, like, whatever you need. Yeah. Um, did you want to say anything? Our personal YouTube, uh, Lucrezia Band, uh, that has a lot of our covers on it and a couple music videos as well. So. I'm going to be posting more on that. So I just want to shout that out real quick. Um, uh, well, I have, I, I'm, I stream too, but uh, you guys will have to come to my like Instagram or something to find that um, because I, I think I'm going to switch to YouTube, but um, yeah, so I'm excited. We're going to play like all those uh, shows. So I uh, keep an eye out. Like we update our Instagram literally every day um, and Twitter. So like, you know, if you forget, like if we're coming to your city, like just to check that. We always have it literally every day. <laughs> every day. Also, we we try to reply back to everyone. So if feel free just to you know comment and ask us anything, you know. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thanks and um, uh, you know, um, I'm not really like the best at interviews. I think you know, um, you know, of course I get nervous and stuff, and like I I I run a a tangent. Uh, so, you know, uh, this isn't like my greatest like place for me, but, you know, I want people to like connect with us and us as people and know our intentions and know that there's like many layers to everything that we do and to us. And um, I want to share like my struggles with people um, because I want to connect with people in that way, too. I want people to feel that they're not alone. That it is hard. Um, I like I said struggled with uh, that for a long time and I wouldn't have been do doing music without uh, Frankie. So 
you know, I could be that. I tell people I could be that for you. So like, you know, you just want to talk to someone, um, you get some encouragement, um, maybe some advice. Like we always are very open to doing that because, you know, again, it's coming from someone who struggled with that a lot. And, uh, you know, I just want people to not feel alone, basically. Um, so, yeah, there's all kinds of people out there that make music. You know, there's not just one guy who's running out there. He eats up the, you know, eats it up the spotlight, you know, like there's people out there that are like me and you can do it too. So I'm just saying, just don't let anything like stop you from, you know, trying to like get, live your dreams and uh, find your dreams. Um, it can come from anybody, you know? So yeah, I just want to say that. And um, I think, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> I, all right there's i mean that was a fantastic way to end it but now it's time for me to end it with three very specific things so when it comes to lucrezia i mean they just told you everywhere where you can find it okay every you can find their music where you can connect them on social media everything around there they even got the link in all their bios where you can just click on everything but i'm gonna even do you one better instead of having to just like go multiple steps and search this stuff up yourself here's what i want you to do go to the to the uh description of the podcast and we say Oh, find yeah. Lucrezia online. I'm going to have all the links there, all the labels there as well. So all you have to do is click on that link. It's going to take you everywhere you need to go. I mean, I've got all the links there. You're going to be able to stream the music, buy the music, download the music, buy their merch, find out when they're playing live shows, and of course, connect with them online because let me tell you, after this interview, if you're not doing it, I do not know what the heck is going on with you. Like, what? Now it's time for number two. So whenever I've guessed in the podcast, I always tend to make a certain promise at that point in time as a way for one to say, Thank you for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time. And two is a way for me to say, I wish I want to continue to support the band any way I can. And of oh my God, there is no way that this is going to be like the streak of this is going to be broken. You absolutely hit on this. So my promise to you both is not an if. No, 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 no. It's not an if, it's a when. It's when I get to see Lucrezia perform live for the first time. My promise to you is this. Actually, it's a two-parter. One, first round's on me. Secondly, <laughs> I will beat you in Smash Bros. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm calling it now. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm looking forward. That's a big. Can play. I can I ask you one question before before oh, you leave? Oh, who do you play? Yeah, who who do you play? Um, my typical main character is Link. Okay, okay. I I, I do struggle against good Link, so it's a I can believe it for sure. I'll, I'll, he plays Sephiroth and Cloud, and I play Corrin, um, Pyramithra, and I just started replaying my old classic Wario. Nice, yeah. The, the the only the new one, if I'm prime with the new one, it's got to be my favorite video game character of all time, Banjo Kazooie. Oh, that's a tough. Oh yeah, we our old guitarist was so good with him. He is such a troll. <laughs> he is king troll. Oh well, well, we'll honestly we'll just have a lot of him. we'll just have a lot of fun with it, and it'll be a blast. But oh, yeah, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, I cannot end this podcast by saying goodbye for a number of reasons. Number one is. I made you guys a promise and not to really hone up my, you know, Smash Bros skills because I may end up coming there, you know, and playing really well, or I'm going to make it a fool myself. Either way, it's going to be a blast. So for fun. Oh yeah. Secondly, I have to make good of my promise. Cause I always like to make good of my promises. And third, my God, this is not the only time I want to have you both on the podcast. This was awesome. This was amazing. I would love to have you both on again in the future to see basically Okay, let's take a look at this. Maybe next, at the beginning of next year, it's like, what the heck happened? How'd you guys blow up so big? That's what I'm hoping for, and that's what we're going to make sure it happens. We'll, we'll pray. 
Yeah, that's, we'll that's going to be a good one. So as we close this out, I can't say goodbye. That's way too final. I'm going to end it by saying this. I'll see you later. Well, folks, that was my interview with Suki and Frank from the band Lucrezia. Once again, now it is time for Kevin's final thought to close out the episode. So where's my final thought come in? It comes all around Super Smash Bros. And it's not the act of having Super Smash Bros. at their live shows at the merch table. It's the why that's behind it. If you heard what Suki had to say about it, it's something where they have it at their shows because the like the people that they connect with, especially everything around the anime, video game, Japanese-inspired culture stuff, a lot of the fans, you know, they might not feel comfortable going to live shows. They might be shy. They might be nervous. And by having Smash Bros. there, it's a starting point. It's something that gives those the, that audience potential comfort to connect with. Give them something that they can really understand and just be like, you know, I really like this. You know, I kind of want to try this out. It gives them the open-mindedness piece to go to a live show, to connect with the band, to find that the band connects on many, many different avenues and the same things that they like, and that there's a lot of other people that feel that same way as well. It's such a huge connection point to the point where they are creating such a strong community that's focused around friendship, connectivity, positivity, and feeling like you belong. And for people that, you know, might be shy, I was shy at times as a kid as well, and sometimes that's all you really ever wanted. To find that and have that, I mean, it helps people really become more confident in themselves because now there's a community of people that they know that they can connect with that like a lot of the same things that they do, that share their interests, that share their ideas and everything. And just the way that they connect with them and they create that sense of family and they create that sense that people are valued because they actually do value them. That is something that makes me think about Patient 67 and how Patient 67 has connected with so many people through their use of social media and why Patient 67 is playing Blue Ridge Rock Fest this year after you know coming from Perth, Australia, the western part of Australia. It's, it's, a, it's amazing to see and I, I see a lot of the same things in Lucrezia as I saw in Patient 67 that I've, I've seen in Avoid, that I've seen in Kingdom Collapse. It, it, there's, a lot, there's a lot there when it comes to their idea of connectivity and how to create that piece and this is a band that i'm i'm gonna i kind of want to i'm gonna do it i'm gonna stick my flag in this one and say in about three or four years i don't i'm I'm just gonna say that as a safe point but lucrezia is gonna be much more well known based off of how they treat their fans how they connect with their fans how they create that community around their fans and because the music also can stand on its own as well. So if you want to connect with Lucrezia, please go to the description of the podcast where it says find Lucrezia online, links levels for all their social media accounts, where you can find them on tour, where you can watch music videos, where you can connect them, where you can listen to music, download music, stream music, all that good kind of stuff. Subscribe to the podcast where it says find Lucrezia online. You can also follow the Core Progression Podcast online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok for your viewing pleasure because we do a lot of great things in there by posting different short content different you know pieces of what's coming up on the podcast and we also do wednesday night live streams every single not wednesday night 9 p.m central unless i'm going to a concert or something also make sure you're hitting that subscribe button or hitting that follow button if you're on youtube South podcast or radio amazon or any other place that you can find this podcast because that helps us out a lot and helps us keep bringing you great bands like this as the gateway to new rock and metal music, inspiring those young rock and metal fans to discover new music and feeling their desires to connect and feel accepted. Oh, yeah. Also, want to thank Phoenix Fitness for sponsoring this podcast. Remember, 20% off using the code CVV20, affixit.com, description of the podcast. 
Uh, links are to the podcast. Thank you, sis. Thank you, Suki. Thank you, Frank from Lucrezia. Yeah, I'm I'm coming for you for a live show so I can get in that pit. But then also, got to play some Smash Bros. afterwards. We got to do it. Already on that note, that's going to be it for me, guys. Thank you for watching. Listening to the Card Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah.